You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? On the show today is Kathy Browning. She lives in a small town in Wyoming and is a huge fan of fat biking. She started writing a blog about her fat bike experiences, and as it grew in popularity, it turned into a website called fatbikegirl.com. And this website is a great resource for everything bike-related, including fat bike events, product reviews, and of course, inspiration. You can also find Kathy's blog posts here. Now, in addition to the Fat Bike Girl website, there is a private Facebook group also called Fat Bike Girl for women to share successes and to also ask questions. I found Kathy and her story to be truly inspiring. Take a listen. All right. Well, on the show today, we have another Kathy with a K. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Good. It's so nice to actually uh, hear a voice that goes along with um, all the things that I follow you uh, as far as social media goes. And I have to say the same because it's fun listening to your podcast and um, congratulations on your 100th one as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun to, you know, get to hear different people's stories and it actually makes my let's go bike here list get longer and longer every time I meet somebody. Oh, I have one of those too. I keep it on a whiteboard. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I guess with that said, um, we are on the show today to talk about biking, of course, because this is a biking podcast, but specifically about fat biking, because Kathy actually has a website and a social media presence called Fat Bike Girl. So I really, I can't wait to talk to you about this. Of course. Yes, this, this will be fun. And I... I have a love of all things fat bike. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, um, let's start off by, can you tell the listeners where you live and maybe what the cycling culture is like there? Sure. I live in Lander, Wyoming, and it's a small town of about 7,000 people. And it's at the base of the Wind River Mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and for context, it's about three hours to Old Faithful in Yellowstone National Park or two, two and a half hours to Jackson Hole. Mm. But it's really a true outdoor community. We have a big um, mountain biking, road biking, gravel cycling presence. Um, it's also a bit, there's a big community of uh, rock climbers as well. Mm. And when I moved here 22 years ago, there wasn't in the way of, much in the way of mountain bike trails. Um, but it's really taken off in the last eight to 10 years. Mm -hmm. We went from having one tiny bike shop to now two um, full-service bike shops. And the cool thing about here is you can find anything from, you know, true mountain bike trails up in the mountains or right near town is desert riding and there's red rocks and slick rocks. Um, And it's, it's all within the short drive. Wow, that sounds awesome. I'm trying to think if I've been to Wyoming with a bicycle... Um, and I don't know if I have the answer. I'll, maybe as you start talking, I'll remember an epic time I've been to Wyoming. 
Yeah, most people just see the windy um, parts and kind of not pretty parts when they drive through on I-80. But um, oh, yeah, Wyoming's definitely uh, the best kept secret. Oh, good. Okay, good. And, um, you know, specifically, we'll, we're going to get into fat biking. And when I think about when I first got my fat bike, it was meant specifically to ride on snow because I live in Iowa. But I quickly learned that you can ride a fat bike any time of the year. And, you know, based on how much air you put in the tires, I really probably started loving gravel at first with my fat bike. But how about you as far as terrain? Yeah, that that's the same with me. Of course, I rode it on snow mm-hmm. when I first started out. And um, I sort of had a midlife crisis somewhere in there and bought a full suspension 27 and a half <laughs> mountain bike. Mm. And um, but when I had my fat bike and this, you know, fancy, great downhiller bike, I was always reaching for my fat bike Mm -hmm. and I never rode that great full suspension bike again. So I started riding, you know, pretty technical trails with it. And it's, it's, um, it's a hardtail and there's no suspension on it, um, fully rigid. And I find that it really floats over rocks and roots. If you do dial in your tire pressure just right, which I don't know, like for me, it's around four, four to five PSI. But, and, and then the great thing about it is when you're on flowy trails, I think the tires just make this great humming sound. Cause I just oh, leave yes. on my winter tires. I used to switch them out, but um, I found I can climb better. Just it's like climbs like a mountain goat um, on technical trails. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I do have an extra wheel set that I swap out a 29 plus wheel set um, for bike packing in the summer too. I have the exact same story, Kathy. I ended up getting a full suspension mountain bike thinking that I was going to be doing all this technical stuff and exact same thing. I feel way more comfortable on my fat bike and just adjust the uh, tire pressure. So exact same story. And I can't even think of the last time I rode a full suspension mountain bike. I don't miss it at all. Yeah, same here. Just the fat bike is just so, so much fun on that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, for listeners who maybe look at a photograph of a fat bike and think that it's a little bit goofy, it's basically like I almost want to say I feel safer on a fat bike because the tires are really big and they cover more of the pavement or the dirt or whatever surface you're on. So, you know, when you see a big pothole, of course, you want to try and pedal around it. But sometimes it's fun to just roll right over it and not have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I was thinking that, you know, for people that are getting, you know, wanting to get into mountain biking and, you know, not sure they want to do this, you know, downhilling, super, you know, hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. I, think a, I think a fat bike is an all around great bike. Yeah, but, you know, I'm biased. I just think right. they're they're just fun. <laughs> right. Too. I was going to say you are the fat bike girl, so we all yes, we right, all right. know. <laughs> but in one quick story about uh, the versatility of a fat bike. So as I mentioned, I live in Iowa, 
And um, the snow is mostly gone right now. But like a week ago, we could still ride some of the flat single track around here. And we would put our tire pressure down to maybe two or three PSI. So the bike was really bouncy and you could get through snow and, you know, go up over little hills and even tackle a tiny bit of ice. And I took the exact same bike and put the tires up to about 14 PSI and rode my bike in what's called the Burr Ride, which is a bicycle ride no matter what the temperature is, but it's on pavement. So same bike, I could go into snowy, crazy, goofy areas to pavement and felt very comfortable and was able to keep up with everybody, could go whatever speed I felt comfortable with. It's it's hard not to sell the good things about a fat bike. Oh, I agree. I agree. That that's that's interesting. And and I think the other thing too is you, you extend your seasons too. Like yeah. you don't want to ride um, on the trails when they're wet because you don't want to leave them rutted. But if you have just you know a little bit, it's it's on the iffy side. You know, could go either way. Mm-hmm. You can roll that fat bike on a on a you know, damp or wet trail and not leave ruts when you let out the tire pressure. In yes, fact, yes. you know, some of us go over those and, you know, go over those rutted tracks and can smooth them out. Right. <laughs> right. I have, I've have seen that on our local trails where the stewards will actually put out a plea, you know, bring your fat bikes, lower down the air pressure and help, you know, make our trails groomed. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. That's funny. So you briefly mentioned bike packing as well as, you know, regular fat biking on snow. So I'm going to guess that you fat bike year round. Year round. Yes, I do ride the fat bike year round. So yeah, every single season, occasionally I'll pull out my, my gravel bike mm. if it's like snowy and completely mush um, and I'll ride that. But I, yeah, I, I fat bike every season. Mm-hmm. So then let's get into how did Fat Bike Girl go from a vision to something so cool? A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Oh, well, I had been blogging for a while and just about my adventures, but I, I felt like I wanted it to be more than just my stuff. And there was only about four guys in our town and me <laughs> that were on fat bikes. And I wanted to get more women out mm-hmm. there fat biking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started putting up posts about, you know, like my tips and tricks that I've learned since I started fat biking. And then that kind of segued into doing reviews on, you know, if I found a pair of pants that actually came in a women's version, <laughs> then I, I would buy them and try them out and do a review. Cause I, I was always frustrated. You, you go on different sites or magazines and you see a review and it's by a guy. And then you look up the item and it's only offered a, you know, a men's version mm-hmm. and, you know, so that was that was a goal too, is to try to find things that are women specific and share that. But but mostly it's about um, 
you know, sharing my experience, you know, my so-called expertise, my tips and tricks to get women out there on the fat bike. Mm -hmm. And it's been really fun because lately I've had some volunteer contributors. One wrote a story about setting up a poker fest yeah. and it looks like a, you know, a riot to, to set up a, an event like that. Mm -hmm. And then um, another one reviewed a wool bra which was great. <laughs> so it's, it's, I feel like it's getting closer to where I want it to be, which is, is an actual community. Mm -hmm. And I, I had that vision for quite a while, but I finally took the time when I was on um, medical leave for breast cancer treatment in 2019. Mm -hmm. I had the, and it was something that kind of kept me going because I would, you know, organize my pictures and do some writing. And even though I couldn't really be out on the bike um, as much as I'd like, um, it was something that I could do and, you know, look forward to too as well. Yeah. And uh, I mean, a congratulations for being a breast cancer survivor right now. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. I feel very, very lucky. <laughs> yes. Gosh, that's great. And I feel very lucky to have found Fat Bike Girl because you have definitely gone beyond Wyoming as you are reaching out and inspiring women all over. I, and I think that it reaches out to both people who maybe are getting into biking or fat biking, but also women that have been fat biking for a long time. And they're just like you and they're, they're looking around saying, you know, is there other women that do this? Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I love seeing the um, support in the Facebook um, private group. It's just for women mm -hmm. because you will, you'll get these, you know, endurance racers that, you know, maybe have done the ITI in Alaska, you know, telling a new rider um, how to keep their feet warm. <laughs> yes. So it, it goes both ways. And for me, I mean, it's, it's just really inspiring to see people just getting into it, people doing these hardcore races. I mean, just the whole spectrum, because at the end of the day, it's it's not easy. You've got to, it's not like just hopping on your bike in the summer. Mm -hmm. you've, <laughs> you've got to think about it. You've got to dress warm and it's hard to get motivated when it, you know, might be five degrees outside. So I am inspired all the time when I, when I see these posts on, um, Facebook and the pictures from from not just the United States, but from all over the world. It's it's been really fun. Yes, I agree. And what I like about, you know, you have your Facebook account, which is a little bit more organic, because you just never know what people are going to post, whether it's, like you said, an event they did or a new bike, or it just sparks so many good conversations. But then I also love going to your website because I feel like it's an extremely valuable resource. Like you mentioned, you've got reviews of products, you've got your blog, you've got, you know, basically all kinds of fat bike related things for women. Oh, thank you for that. Yes, that is, that is definitely my intention. It's, it's a labor of love. So I just do this in my spare time. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I really want to do more reviews and also enable others to do reviews of gear and give their tips and tricks, because frankly, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's one of the great things about this group. Like, <laughs> well, for me personally, because I tend to get in a rut, like I, 
this works for me, but oh, hey, there might be a better way. So right. keeping my mind open and, and listening for those things. Um, but just today I got some petals in the mail from MagPet and I'm going to try those out because, mm. um, and I think that'll be a fun review too, because many of us don't clip in in mm -hmm. the winter when we're riding in snow <laughs> for, you know, so many reasons. Right. <laughs> um, so I'll be interested to try these magnetic pedals. But yeah, that, that, that's the intent of it is to be a, a good resource right. for people. And for me, it's also motivation because like you said, when it's five degrees out and you look at your bike and say, I, today I'm going to go ride, I'm going to go do it. And then you think, how many layers do I have to put on? How many... You know, where are my warm gloves, but is it going to be too warm once I get biking? There's just so many. It's so different than when, in July when all you do is pop on a jersey and go. Yeah, yeah, the, there is that extra planning, but you you get in the habit of it. Like, mm -hmm. for example, I keep all of my winter kit stuff. I wear the exact same thing and, you know, the certain layers and um, keep it all in my laundry basket. And, and then I keep the same exact things on my bike and then I replenish them. So if I use all my hand warmers, you know, on a Saturday, then when I get home, I try to make sure I replenish that. And so like keeping things the same and keeping it simple helps me get out. Yeah. And not having to think about, do these layers go well together and keep me warm? If you just have it, I mean, I, I'm going to have to adopt that idea because it is it's challenging to think about which layers to wear and there is a chance that it will just turn into maybe I'll just ride my trainer today. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I've been there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you think about your time outdoors riding bikes, do you have any really cool adventures that you'd like to share? A quick interruption to give a shout out to Primal Wear. Cycling is their passion and apparel is their craft. So if you're in the market for a new jersey, bibs, mask, or any cycling apparel, go to primalwear.com and use code PRIMALMURF to get 20% off your purchase. Yes, 20% off. Now back to the show. I do. I, I Boy, There's. I'm really lucky. There's just been so, so many things. But I, I'd have to say um, my first solo bike pack trip with my fat bike Ooh. was was um, really, really special. It was on Mother's Day during the pandemic, and I was still considered high risk um, due to my cancer treatment. So that spring, I hadn't been around anybody for months. I mean, it was just such such a lonely place to be. Mm -hmm. And and then Mother's Day for me is a little hard. I, I have three children and I have two on earth and one in heaven. Mm. And my earthly kiddos are amazing. <laughs> and, and but there's a part of me that's that is missing since my daughter Annalise died. Mm -hmm. And I really feel it on Mother's Day, you know, even though I feel so fortunate. And and, and it's also a mixed feeling day because I lost my mom. Um, a few years back, um, who was an absolute sweetheart mm -hmm. <laughs> who had such a spirit of adventure. Um, but anyway, so on this Mother's Day, I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to get away for it all and do something just for me. And um, so I treated myself to my first solo bike pack trip. And I, I had this loose plan to ride out in the red desert of Wyoming. Mm. Um, so I kind of looked at Google Earth and had a a plan in my head and took my topo maps um 
but I veered off that and started following like uh, cattle trails. You probably don't experience this there, but on our public land, there's all these, you know, cattle can graze on it and they make these great mountain bike trails. Like almost like a from, single track? Yeah, like ah. a perfect single track, like perfectly flat yeah. and um, smooth because they're, they're going from water source to water source mm-hmm. or from Salt Lake to a water source. So I ended up following those and then... Um, I saw so many bands of wild horses and I I think mostly I was following their trails in the ends, but it was really neat. They were just, you know, running through the the red deserts with the mountains in the background and their manes were, you know, just trailing in the wind. Mm And, um, and the cool thing was, is I, I, I discovered this by accident, but I stopped to to watch them and I put my bike down and I sat down in the in the trail and they're really curious. They just come up closer and closer. And ah. um, so yeah, so so that was neat. But I was out for, you know, just a couple of days and I didn't see another person. I was riding um sort of in these badlands, just exploring, you know, off-road. I'd ride up sandy washes, you know, and make a nice flat trail and the and the fat bike was perfect for that mm-hmm. for you know for sand of course but yeah it was may and there were some wildflowers coming out and just just really really pretty and i kept it simple i didn't bring a stove i just mm-hmm. wanted to kind of be light and you know just for my first trip and feel things out um and it was my first time trying out my tent and uh and that was a big success. I really oh, liked good. my tent. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun getting gear, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is fun. Uh, yeah. Um, and I'm glad I got a tan color because it blended in with the surroundings. I mean, I didn't see anybody. There's, I was out in the middle of nowhere, but I still mm-hmm. like the fact that, you know, I could blend in and wouldn't be yeah. you know, the obvious and solo o- female and biker. Overall, it just sounds like a really peaceful adventure and then also a great time just to reflect on everything, you know, whether it's the horses or your family or loss or success with cancer, like it's just, I can feel the energy through the phone that, you know, of your experience. Yeah, it was, it was just what I needed, you know, Mm -hmm. you're right, just the peacefulness of it, the fun of it. And, um, you know, it, it, it's different being alone in your house and feeling lonely. But when you get out in these wild spaces and you're alone, you're not lonely at all. Right. And, and, you know, it was a perfect trip. It was just what my soul needed. Oh, awesome. Um, what's something fun you take with you on your bike? Oh, <laughs> well, in the winter, um, well, in the summer too, I should say, I carry a flask of whiskey. Ah. I do. And I know it's, you know, it's not great for keeping warm. It has the opposite effect, I think, mm-hmm. um, for vasoconstriction. But um, one thing that we do here on our rides is, you know, depending on how long we're out, we'll, we'll stop we'll, in the forest and we'll clear a spot of snow. We'll build a fire and, you know, before the pandemic, we'd pass around a flask of whiskey yeah. or some of us would bring beer. One time somebody brought brats and we roasted those over oh. the fire. So, <laughs> nice. yeah, I know it's we just make it fun. Yeah. And um, last weekend was funny because it was really cold and I didn't go very far, but I was just happy to be out. And snow was soft. I was working really hard. And I had a um, one of those vanilla protein shakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I had my flask of whiskey and I thought, 
I'm going to put some whiskey in there. So <laughs> I put some whiskey in there and I shook it up and it was like a vanilla whiskey milkshake. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that is awesome. So good. But yeah, as <laughs> long my fun thing. <laughs> as long as you don't start drinking that after your indoor trainer rides, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Whiskey well, that protein. didn't occur to me. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, when we are out, you know, on group rides, we do a, a ton of social group rides in my area where I live. And we've all started carrying the brand name, I think, is Ice Mule. And they are like insulated coolers. And you can get them in about every size. So when we throw a couple of panniers on our fat bikes, you can fit an ice meal cooler in there, and then you can carry, you know, whether it's alcoholic beverages or not. So it just makes it so much more fun, like you mentioned, to have a trail stop and you can just, you know, pop out a beer or I have not brought a flask of whiskey. I may need to try that. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. And, and do you do you put the cooler in your, did you say in your panniers? Yeah, or sometimes, or mm-hmm. sometimes you can bungee it to a rack because it's, it's really cool as far as insulation goes. And I've used it also without ice just as a, you know, something to carry gear. Oh, good tip. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. Okay. So you had success when you went out on your solo bikepacking trip. But have you had any adventures where you maybe have mishaps or an interesting story you want to share? Oh, yeah, lots of mishaps, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you learn, right? Yes, yes. Um, I think the biggest like mishap on my part was um, I I signed up for a gravel race five months after my my left knee ACL repair. And it's called the Rattlesnake Rally, and it's in May in Wyoming, which, you know, that can be pretty sketchy mm. on its own. You never know what the weather's going to do. But um, the doc said I could ride on the road, so I decided gravel is road and signed up for the, I don't know, the shortest distance, which is probably, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 miles. Mm-hmm. But the weather was terrible. It was cold and rainy and muddy, and I was doing this with my partner, and I forgot my chamois. Mm. <laughs> and so he loaned me his, <laughs> which, you know, that didn't, yes. that didn't work that, <laughs> that great. He's pretty tall. And then um, and then I, I put it, I don't know what I was thinking, maybe because I had time, downtime when I had my ACL, but I put a new um, saddle on my bike. Oh, no. I know. Yeah. And so... <laughs> It was just miserable between the saddle and the chamois and the weather, but I did it. One of the good things about the ride is they had this this cool um, thing at the the aid stations. So they oh, had this yes. really cool thing at the aid stations where they had a a clothesline strung across the little across the tent. And then they had bacon attached to that clothesline oh, with clothespins. Fun. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Oh, it was it was so great. You know, it was cold and rainy, and they were taking the bacon right off the griddle and and putting it on there. So so maybe that made the ride worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did did you have any damage? You know, did the doctor say that was not a good idea? No, or you're no, fine? that it. Yeah, no, it was fine from the the knee standpoint. Yeah. Oh, good. You know, good. it just just nothing. You know. It, I think it was, I think it's nine months for where you're, you know, mm-hmm. allowed to go on a trail. 
after an ACL. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, how about looking into 2022? Do you have any bike rides or races scheduled? I um, have the Togety Winter Classic coming up that I hope I can do. Oh, where's, um, it's where's... on Togety Pass in Wyoming. Oh. I've done it several times. It's a really fun um, fat bike race. It's very low-key. Mm. Don't, we don't even get race plates, and you just sign yourself in. The course is 20, 20 miles, maybe? Mm. Something like that. I think there's a 20 and a 35, and I always do the shorter one. Um, it's about at 9,000 feet. Mm. Yeah, so it's high elevation, um, but it's a really fun one. And then I'm thinking about doing something really out of my comfort zone, which is my son wants to go uh, do a route in Europe. Ooh. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I'm like, wow, cities and pavement and traffic I'm a little intimidated but there's lots of bike paths too and it sounds fun and would he go with you yes yes. oh boy that would be fun Mm -hmm. wow his idea he's he's 17 and uh yeah he really likes to to bike in the summer and um yeah Ooh, so everyone needs to stay tuned to see if Kathy yes. actually makes a, a plan to go to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We sent off for his passport, so we'll see. Oh, cool. Well, so in the meantime, with everybody who's following you on either your Facebook page or your website, which is fatbikegirl.com, do you have any, like, I don't know, inspiration or maybe some something to encourage more women to get out on their bike? Yeah, I do. I think that I think that the simpler that you could think keep things, the better. I mean, don't overthink things. Mm. You know, sometimes when I'm not super motivated to get out, of course this is in the summer, but I'll just hop on my my gravel bike and go for a road ride and what I'm wearing. Just you know, just to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, just to make it easy. And then I, I would say, too, that people really don't need fancy bikes or fancy gear. You know, I, I geek out on on gear um, and have lots of tips and tricks on my website. But when I first started fat biking, I had a used salsa mukluk. Um, I bought it on a Craigslist. And I just wore my cross-country ski clothes for at first for winter riding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that still works. So, um yeah. You know, one thing I would say for women, especially, and, and for myself, too, I think we should just own our accomplishments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I do this. I'll say, well, I only rode 10 miles today. But, you know, it should be more like, yeah, I rode 10 miles That's today right. in the yeah. snow, and it was really hard. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody that, you know, finally conquers that rock feature, they should just go to work on Monday and say, I conquered that rock feature. Yes, <laughs> yes. Guys don't apolo- don't throw in an apology with their accomplishments. Oh, but we so women true. do, and I don't think we should. <laughs> so true. You're so right. Thank you for that. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's like a form of giving yourself a medal because we all deserve one, I think. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and we should wear it every day. Yes, yes. I, I actually did that. <laughs> really? I did a yeah, I, I did this um I did a race before my, my first breast cancer surgery 
and it was on a single speed and it was 50 miles over two mountain passes. And after I did that, I was like, man, I, I can do this cancer thing too, if I could pull that off. But I had that medal that, I mean, they gave everybody the medal, mm-hmm. but when I was feeling nervous about, you know, cancer, upcoming surgery, I'd wear that medal around my house. <laughs> I love it. I even wore it in the car to doctor's appointments. <laughs> I absolutely love it. That's so great. <laughs> well, <laughs> Kathy, I find you very inspiring. You have um, accomplished a lot. And the whole Fat Bike Girl movement, I just feel like it's going to get more and more popular as you know we get into spring and just people getting excited to be outside and be on bikes. Oh, thank you. And I hope so, because it's really fun for me and mm-hmm. um, the energy I get from everybody else as well. Mm-hmm. And the website is fatbikegirl.com, correct? Correct. Great. So I would love it if everybody would check out the webpage, of course, and subscribe um, and then join the Fat Bike Girl community for tips and tricks and to connect with other riders. And you don't have to have a fat bike, but if you're interested in getting one, you know, please consider joining. Um, I'm always looking for ideas and contributors. Mm. So feel free to reach out to me. I am Kathy at batbikegirl.com. One of the things I plan to do next is to highlight women-owned bike businesses, including Ooh. travel, um, podcasts, whatever it may be, yeah, cool. large or small. So if people are interested, um, please reach out to me as well. So yeah, I think I think that's the next thing on the horizon. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kathy. And hopefully everyone goes and checks out Fat Bike Girl on Facebook and the website. Thank you, Kathy. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. If you're interested in learning more about my Transamerica bike tour across the U.S., go to my website, which is morphologypodcast.com, and click on the tab labeled Murph's Biking the U.S. Email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Support my podcast at patreon.com slash morphology and visit both my Facebook and Instagram pages for daily entertainment. Also, a quick shout out to Simmons Electric for sponsoring this episode. I have more great episodes in the pipeline, so I hope you continue to be a Murphology Podcast listener. Thank you. Thank you.